0: Hey guys, it's Corey from Redefining Strength. Welcome to the Fitness Hacks podcast. I'm super excited for the season because we have an all brand new format. In this episode, I want to talk about what I'm going to cover, and then we're going to go into different segments than I've usually done. So first, I'm going to start with three tips to kickstart the new year. Then I'm actually going to share a segment I did with Michelle, my lead dietitian, and she's going to share some great tips on goal setting for the new year so that you can really see that success. I then want to go into three macro hacks a delicious chicken recipe. I also wanna talk about some amazing training techniques you can implement this year. And then last but not least, I wanna cover how to deal with that peer pressure and when haters are gonna hate. So let's jump into that first segment and talk about three tips for kickstarting the new year. It's a new year. Most of us are really motivated to move forward towards our goals. We're super excited there's all this energy. And so we start to take on a lot of different changes. We're not only changing our diet, but we're changing our workout routine. We're trying to add in more. Maybe we're trying to adjust our sleep patterns. We're making so many changes. We ultimately overwhelm ourselves and sabotage ourselves from long-term success. So as much as you feel that initial motivation and want to do everything all at once, because let's face it, like the more you do, you feel the more in control of everything, the faster you think you're going to see results. But Ultimately, while this might yield some quick results, it prevents us from actually developing lasting habits. It's why we feel like we don't have the willpower or the self-control to keep going. So this year, instead of doing as much as you possibly can and making as many changes as you can, really try and slow down. I wanted to talk about three things I think would be really key when we're dialing in our diet and our workouts so that we're actually taking the time to build sustainable changes. Because as much as it's a new year, it's not a new us. And so we have to make sure we're actually meeting ourselves where we're at. So if you're going to make changes this year in terms of your nutrition, plan in one habit change you can make that's so easy you could almost do it right now. Maybe it's drinking a little bit more water. Maybe it's simply writing down the foods you're eating. Maybe it's adding in vegetables to one more meal. But the more you focus on those small changes, the more you can allow momentum to build. We have to remember that when we're motivated, we want to take action. When we take action and then we see results, we become more motivated. The simple fact of the matter is too often we take action more motivated. But we take so much action, it doesn't lead to results that keep us motivated. What it does is it leads to results and then it leads to stress with creating the habits and then that motivation declines. So you want to think about when you're motivated, how can you make one small change that will start to build results but also start to become so easy you feel the energy, you feel the motivation to keep making more changes. So in terms of your diet, think about one small thing and think about adding something in over cutting something out. So often we think about that one change being cutting out our dessert or our salty snack that we really love when really what we need to focus on is a one small change that's meeting ourselves where we're at. That's almost so easy. We don't even notice we're implementing it. Okay. So think about one small change to your diet. You can make, write it down even right now. Then in terms of those workouts, it's really tempting, especially if you were training maybe prior and got a little inconsistent with the holidays, to jump right back into where you were at. Or say, okay, you know, I'll do a little bit less. But then you make yourself so sore you can't work out for days. And it's hard to get back in that groove or that consistency. And so then we do one workout and then we take a few days off because we're so sore and then maybe we do another one and we almost become demotivated because we haven't built that consistency. So whether you just even took a few weeks off with of traveling with the holidays, maybe you haven't been training for a very long time, Think about starting with workouts that make you crave more. That The next day you're like, I could do that again. That way you'll actually be able to build versus getting so sore or getting injured or not meeting yourself where you're at. So set things that are super realistic. If you have a rep range that you're going into that maybe you've done that top number of reps with that weight, start with the fewest reps in that rep range because that will allow you to build. You might still find that you're even sore simply from doing something new and getting back into it but less is more when you're starting back because it allows you to be intentional with moves, focus on what you feel working, and not get so sore you can't be consistent. It also can prevent us from getting injured. The more inconsistent we are with things, the more likely it is that we're gonna get injured because we're gonna push too hard or not be intentional with the movement or push through fatigue when things aren't working the way they should be. So with your workouts, even if you ideally wanna do six days a week, start with three. Start with lower weight. Start with even body weight. Start with focusing on building that foundation. Even if you then progress quickly, Quickly, because you feel really good about it. The last tip I sort of wanted to share was about setting complementary goals. So, you come into the new year, maybe you want to gain muscle, maybe you want to lose weight, maybe you're training for a marathon. Whatever it is, set complementary habit goals or complementary goals that are going to make you do all of the habits, but allow you to see progress forward in different ways. We know progress isn't linear, but it's still frustrating when it doesn't happen that way. So if you think about your weight loss, if you're not losing weight for a few weeks, you might be doing all of the right habits, but then you end up sabotaging yourself and stopping doing those habits or trying to do more, and then you don't end up getting the results you want simply because you weren't seeing results in that way, even though you were doing the things that would lead to results ultimately. So if you want to lose weight, set a performance goal for in the gym. Maybe it is training for a race because you want to lose weight. Maybe it's saying you're going to work on increasing your weights or achieving that first full pull-up or push-up. But set other performance goals that you will know will keep you consistent with your workouts, which you know will also pay off in terms of your weight loss. Maybe with your diet, you set a goal of even trying new recipes each and every week or meal prepping as a family or prepping food ahead of time. And by trying to focus on that goal as well, you know you're going to do the habits you need To lose weight but you're also gonna be able to measure progress in other ways that allows you to move forward and stay consistent when progress towards your ultimate goal isn't happening exactly the way you'd like so those are three tips to kickstart the new year again starting with one nutritional change you can make today go light on your workouts less is more to start and then set complementary goals that you know will help you keep in the habits that you need to reach your ultimate goal next i want to share a segment i did with my lead dietitian michelle she went over some great tips for goal setting so that you could see those results and really make sure that you're setting realistic expectations to build. Hey guys, I'm so excited to chat with Michelle about some tips for the New Year's and setting goals. I know it can be really challenging when we're trying to set those goals because we're afraid of you know, what's enough, what should we be doing, how can we hold ourselves accountable. And so especially when it comes to nutrition and just goal setting in general, I wanted to get Michelle's feedback so that you can really launch into this New Year and achieve all you want to achieve. So Michelle, thanks for joining me. Can you share some tips with us? Yeah, thanks for having me.
1: So just a quick overview, the big things that I see to be the biggest pitfalls is one is it's an outcome-based goal versus a behavior goal. And we can kind of dive into that a little bit more, but some other issues I do see as well is that they don't plan for failure. We And I'm not saying that your plans, your new year resolutions and your plans are going to fail, but we know that failure is going to occur along the path to success. And we need to kind of make sure that we are adjusting for that and accepting that that's part of the process. And the other one that I really see is their goal is just too hard at the very beginning. We And it becomes this concrete thing that this is my goal. And if I don't hit that goal, then I have failed. And we never take into account that, you it's your goal, you have the opportunity to adjust and make it ease a little bit easier. As long as you're taking those baby steps for improvement, you're going to find success. So always feeling like you have the power to adjust your goal at any time.
0: I love that. And I think it's so important that we do realize like something that we've set is something we're shooting for. But it doesn't mean just because we haven't hit it yet that we can't then adjust the timeline to to hit it in. You made a comment about how you actually would like to see people fail faster and sooner in their in their program because that will actually help them move forward. Could you go into that a little bit?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So when we set these goals, and I I know you've talked about kind of the wearables and the streaks that get going with them, and people get so hyper focused on those streaks, but when they have the day that they don't get those that ten thousand steps in, when they don't get that movement for the day. They've lost their streak and they feel like they're done. Well, that is not going to be realistic for everyone to hit that perfectly every single day. And we always start out the first week. We do great. The first month, even most of us can hang on for a new habit within that first month. But at some point, you're going to have something that's going to mess up your routine. You're going to have something that you weren't planning on that's going to keep you from that goal, or maybe just motivation in general has started to lack. And it's really going to be that threshold for failure that is going to make it so we are, we succeed. So if you plan on messing up within the first week, you're, you should have that plan B or that mindset of what am I going to do when I fail to make sure I'm adjusting for success? And it really is just the simple act of knowing that it's going to happen and giving yourself that permission. A lot of times I talk to a lot of clients that they're like, I didn't hit my macros for the day. And we talk about, okay, that was one day. Let's, let's start over, let's do it again today. But also adjusting, what are you going to adjust for tomorrow that's going to make it easier for you? So plan on that failure and plan on looking at it like it's like it's just data. Okay, I fell today. What was it that made me go off? And what do I need to adjust for that? Do I need to think about meal prepping? Do I need to plan a little bit of ahead? Do I need to make my meals more simple so that I'm able to stick to my nutrition goals?
0: I love that. I think it's so key. We always see every failure as learning experience. And you hit on one of the things that I think is so important. When we enter a program, we think, oh, this is going to be so easy. And we plan for it to be easy. We set for a 21-day, 30-day challenge where we know we can do things perfectly. And then that first hiccup happens and we can't get back on track because we almost ignore the negative instead of overselling the negative.
1: Yes, absolutely. And it kind of goes off of too. I I say this a lot too. We tend to white knuckle our way through that first month. We're not actually creating behavior modifications that are making it easier. It's just like, Hey, I set this goal. I'm going to hit this goal. I'm just going to do it. But we're not actually giving ourselves any signals or any reminders to keep doing it. It's more just like, I'm just going to white knuckle it, bear my way through and just push through it. And that's not going to be successful in the long run. You have to have those signals, those little reminders that are going to help you actually modify behavior. Cause that's where the change and success is like, I know we all want the weight loss. We all want the muscle gain um, and outcome goals are great. There's nothing wrong with, you know, having a goal to lose weight, to improve cholesterol, all those outcomes, but you have to have the behaviors to that you're going to implement day to day that are going to get you there. And it's not just going to be, I said, I'm going to do this. So I'm going to do it. You're going to fall off if that's your approach to any goal.
0: I love that you brought up the trackers as well, because I think we all can have those things that we're like, Oh, I'm on this streak. You know, my fitness pal, like the different watches, they'll be like, you've logged for X days. You've done this for X days. And then we do break that streak. And all of a sudden it's like, well, it's over. I'm done. I think even like thinking about it as, okay, well, this was my streak prior. How could I beat that? How could I make changes to c- overcome that stick point can be really key.
1: Yeah, we get, I mean, we're humans and we all like to be competitive and we like to brag. So we like to be like, I've hit this streak a hundred days and da 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 to our friends. Right. And there's, again, I'm not saying that's bad because I'm a competitive person too. And I want to be all my friends um, on those type of things as well. But it is, it, it, it's more of a personal goal. This, your health is you it's no one else. It's no one else. No one else has any say in it. It's really all about you. So as much as you can be competitive with your friends and of course, keep your street going for as long as possible. Also set those personal goals. Okay. Like you said, I made it this long. How long can I go this time? And it's really just starting over. No one, no one says that when you fail, that you're done. And it's really just being willing to keep going and kind of having that persistence. I always say, um, perfection is the death of consistency. And we know that consistency is where success fell or where success lies, but you also is, you have to have persistence, which is you're getting it. You're starting to understand things. That's the persistence. Persistence leads to consistency. So you kind of both go hand in hand and you really have to have those two things. So you're going to fail you're going to be persistent you're going to keep at it and that's going to lead lead you to consistency which is going to lead you to your success
0: i love that and i think in part of getting ourselves to be more consistent having those end dates is so key but you even mentioned like that your goal isn't set in stone so if you do get a weekend and you know maybe it's the first week of the new year like now and you're like oh oh I don't know if i can do this forever or i don't know if i'm gonna be able to hit that end date you mentioned adjusting as you go can you talk a little bit about how you approach like end dates and goal setting and even making like adjustments when you realize you're not going to be able to hit that target that you set
1: yeah absolutely so one of the things is whenever you are starting a program it's new to you. you are learning something new. you are learning how it's how it's working with your lifestyle, you're learning how it's working with your own you know we all have these outside things that throw us throw us off so you're learning how it fits in with your schedule and your personal goals. And you can you may be able to hold something on like onto something for a really long period of time. but something may happen where a shift does need to occur and that could just be like you said, Maybe you did did just take on more than you could chew and you tried to white knuckle it and you, you're in a, you may have been successful for a month for two months, but you're miserable. And that is kind of looking at it again and just be like, okay, yeah, I did this. Was it worth it? Is, is the sacrifices I've made actually making me happier in the long run. And if it's not be like, okay, I know this is where I want to go be at some point. I'm not there yet. And it's okay. Okay to not be where someone else is. And it's okay to have that goal and realize that you need to take baby steps to get there. Um, so if it is like a nutrition thing and you're like, I wanna be hitting this much protein, I wanna be eating this much fruits and vegetables. And some people will start and they're like, I'm gonna have you know my 40% protein, 10 servings of fruits and veggies a day. That's a That's a tough goal. If you have started at like a 20% protein intake and you had one vegetable a day. So as long as you're taking that small step to, okay, I'm going to hit 30 or I'm going to hit 25 and I'm going to aim for three to five vegetables right now, you're still taking those steps that are going to be improving your health in in the long goal, in the long end. And sustainability is where we, where we all want all this health and nutrition and fitness goals to lie. Is it going to be sustainable for you? Can you actually see yourself doing what you're doing right now, a year from now?
0: I think that really is where end dates can come into play in that you're setting this target, but it's not a target where if you don't hit your goal by this point, you're just done, you're, it's over, you know, you failed. It's more at a time to assess, and you even use this term, it's a beta test, right, on yourself, but it's this end date where you're assessing how things are working to then evolve. Like, hey, this sacrifice isn't worth it right now, especially, so how can I make that adjustment? But it's using those targets to guide you, not as oh, my streak is over or, oh, I failed or, oh, I'm done.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you are, you are a beta test of yourself whenever you start something new. And on that, whenever you have any life change happen, I mean, if you have a child, if anything new job, things are going to shift. And that doesn't mean that if you're finding your goals now to are becoming more difficult, it doesn't mean that you are failing, that you're done. And I think this happens a lot to even new moms too. We have it, we have a child, our sleep goes out the window, finding time to get that workout in can be hard. And it's really just making sure that you may not, yeah, maybe hitting the gym for an hour a day that you used to be able to do, which I mean. Let's be honest, we can be more productive with our time in the gym anyways. So you can still set smaller goals and still find that success in the long-term.
0: I love that. It does come down to owning your priorities and sticking to those and then just realizing that life is gonna happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And it's really just being
1: able to roll with it and not, the mind is such a powerful thing. I had this conversation with a client this week um, actually, where we were talking and I was like, "You could ha- I could have identical twins, same genetics, same everything, give them the exact same meal plan. And one, if they are looking at it like it's completely miserable, their results are going to be completely different because if one is very positive, positive and has a good relationship with the food and feels like things are going great, they're going to have better success than the other person who is just doing it to try and go through the motions of it. It really needs to be a all buy-in. Our mind is really going to play with things and it's with our goals too. If you are completely miserable, but you're doing it because, you know, it's 2023 and everyone's posting their goals on social media and you feel like you need to be a part of it and you're trying to copy so-and-so, you're not going to have the same results.
0: It does come down to failing faster, using end dates just as times to reassess, embracing the experiment, and then not dooming yourself with doubt, but really embracing those mindset changes so you can create new behaviors that last.
1: Yes. Yeah. And it is.
0: And just not
1: comparing yourself with someone that's next to you or someone on the social media.
0: Well, thank you, Michelle. Uh, Hopefully everybody's excited now to rock their 2023 goals. Yeah. Thanks for having me so I wanted to discuss three macro hacks to help you really kickstart that new year help you make those dietary changes we have to remember that what gets measured gets managed if we don't track what we're currently doing if we don't track the changes we're making we don't know what's working we don't know how accurate the changes we're actually making are because let's face it when you look back at what you did earlier that day what you did earlier that week a lot of times you're just like Oh, that was pretty good, right? And we don't notice all the little deviations. So tracking is super key. We have to remember too that tracking isn't restrictive. Restriction is based on our mindset and our interpretation of the data. Tracking is just what we've actually done. So when you log, you're logging what you've done. Tracking isn't telling you if it's bad or good, it's just telling you here's what you've done. So you have to remember that it's your mindset that really matters with all this. So remind yourself that you are tracking to give yourself accurate data to make changes. You're not telling yourself stuff is good or bad, that you're doing badly or you're doing really well with it. You're just giving yourself data so you can make those accurate tweaks. So how can you actually make macro adjustments in the new year that aren't so overwhelming but that help you get moving forward? The way I like to start with tracking with clients when they're making those changes to start is first by just tracking what they're currently doing. I think this can really help us overcome the mindset that tracking is restrictive because we're not making any changes. We're not cutting anything out. We're not judging what we're eating. We're just simply logging what we're currently doing. So to start, just log an average day Write in what you're, you're eating, right in the portion sizes of the things that you're consuming. You know, if you don't have a scale yet, maybe use your hand as a portion guide, but try and get an accurate picture of what you're currently doing. This will help you hold yourself accountable, it might cut out some of the mindless snacking that you're doing, but it will then give you that foundation off of which you can make accurate adjustments. Too often in the new year especially, we jump into a new program, we try and make all of these changes right, and we don't consider whether or not they're realistic for our lifestyle because we don't really know exactly what we're doing. So tracking just to start what you're currently doing allows you to make those accurate small changes that will really add up and actually make those changes sustainable. The next thing you wanna do is think about one small swap One small change you can make today. So I like to say even one small swap because a lot of times little swaps, what we're currently doing, add up more than trying to, you know, create whole new meals. So if you're currently eating, say, chicken thighs and something, and you notice like, hey, you kind of want to reduce your fat, you want to increase your protein, think, hey, maybe I'll try chicken breast, or maybe I'll try chicken thigh and shrimp, or maybe I'll even add in some plant-based protein if I want to go that direction. But think about one way you can swap something you're currently doing for something else to make a change without really impacting the overall feel of your lifestyle. By also thinking about more of adding in over cutting out, we can help ourselves feel less restricted as we're making those changes. So instead of saying, hey, I need to cut out soda, or I need to cut out the sweet treat, or I need to cut out the snack. You know, yeah, sure, maybe we know these things aren't the ideal for our health, but instead of going to what we need to cut out, which then makes us feel restricted and can ultimately sabotage us and make us feel like we can't sustain the diet changes we're making, think about something you can add in. Can you add in vegetables to a meal? Can you add in something that's micronutrient dense or that is like less calorically dense, but gives you more volume so you feel fuller? Think about something you can add in, even just starting by adding in more protein if you want to increase your protein. Attract track what you're currently doing to make one small swap to that, not just creating arbitrary restrictions because of what someone else said was clean or better. Okay. From there, you want to consider what your non-negotiables are. So the third tip is really to consider what are your non-negotiables. And what I mean by that are what are things that are really important to you and your lifestyle? Is it that Friday night dinner out with your family? Is it a date night? Is it having that glass of wine on the weekends? What are things that really make your lifestyle something you enjoy? And In sort of listing out these non-negotiables, sure, are there things that, yes, we could live without and we're not going to die? 100%. For me, one of my non-negotiables was dessert. I didn't want to live without dessert. Could I? Yes. Had I made that change hundreds of times before? Yes. But that's also why my diet ultimately failed because I was cutting out something I really did want to include. So instead, I started to list out what was actually important to me, And then start to make tweaks around that because those were sustainable tweaks that helped me build momentum, that helped me see results. And then results are snowballed because I was able to make more and more changes. And eventually dessert became not quite as non-negotiable as it once was. And there are times where I do, you know, eliminate it. But I don't feel restricted when I'm doing it because I know that I can work it in. So consider things that are really important to you and your everyday lifestyle. And then don't cut those things out first. Make tweaks around it. So if you are looking to make changes to your diet, remember first track what you're currently doing. Think about one small swap, one addition you can make, and then list out things that are non-negotiable, that are really important to your lifestyle that you don't want to change, and change things around it to help see those results start to snowball, and then you'll be able to make more adjustments. I have a great macro-friendly dish for you, a chicken and rice dish that's really easy to make, because if you're like me, sometimes you need something that's very simple. This is the one-pot Spanish chicken and rice. Heat the oil in a large skillet over a medium heat. Add the chicken and season with salt and pepper. Cook for five to six minutes until slightly brown. Add in the onion, red bell pepper, and garlic, and cook for a few minutes until they're slightly softened. Now add the rice, stir to combine, and cook for a further one to two minutes. Next, add in the paprika, chicken broth, and tomato sauce. Bring to a boil, then turn down the heat to low. Add the saffron, cover the pan with a lid, and cook gently for 25 minutes until the rice is ready. Season with a little more salt and pepper to taste and stir through the olives and cilantro. This will take about 15 minutes to prep and 30 minutes to cook. The calories are 370, fats 11, carbs 43, and protein 27. It's a delicious meal the whole family will love. In terms of some quick adjustments for macros, you can easily cut out the olives to reduce fat or even reduce fat by using chicken breasts over chicken thighs there are always little tweaks to recipes that you can make to make sure that they hit your macros, even if it's adjusting the type of rice or the amount of rice. So I wanna go over a great training technique I've been playing around with, because progression can be achieved through doing the same but different. So often we just think about heavier loads, but by using different types of resistances and even combining those resistances, we can get new and better benefits. So I am gonna demo some variations of this and how you can implement it. So if you are listening, go to the YouTube channel to watch the video. But I'm going to show you how you can combine, in this case, a mini band and different weights to actually achieve amazing results. I've done this as the lay of my deadlift. It's actually what I started with. But by combining these two different types of resistances, you can achieve amazing results. And the reason I like this is because it is progression through the same but different. You're creating that new challenge. You're also benefiting from the fact that a band works in a different way than a dumbbell or a kettlebell. You're also making sure that you're not necessarily having ego just in loads. I don't know about you guys, but sometimes when I'm going through a progression, I'm doing a deadlift, I'm doing a heavy weight, all of a sudden, I try and lift a little bit more the next week just to progress, even though I haven't fully earned it. I start to get ego in loads, or if I'm starting back maybe after being off for the holidays, I'll try and jump in a little too heavy because I have an ego in what weight I'm supposed to be doing. So especially if you're starting back, maybe you have felt like you sort of progressed and you're hitting that ceiling where you can't push through that stick point and you're kind of allowing things to compensate a little bit, trying to change up the types of resistances you're using can be a great idea. Or maybe you're even traveling and you can't use as heavy a weight as you usually would at home. So by using these two different resistances, you can create that challenge still. And again, bands and dumbbells work in different ways. Dumbbells are going to be based off of gravity, where the band is actually going to apply more resistance, often where the muscle's strongest because of the stretch. So if you're doing it, A, you can use it to work different muscles. So if you do, say, a mini band squat, when you put that mini band above or below your knees, depending on the tension you're using and you do that different squat, what you're doing is you're actually engaging the glute medius a little bit more to improve that hip stability. And then if you even change the range of motion and maybe do a little pulse squat, you're then even focusing more on the glutes because of the change in the actual range of motion. But by adding this band, you're now not only making it a quad exercise, an adductor exercise because squats are a knee dominant movement and working those glutes, but you're focusing extra on the glute medius because of the new way you're applying resistance by using the two different types of resistance. You can also combine them in other ways, where if you actually put it underneath, say, your foot and around a dumbbell, and you can also use a longer band for this, but if you say only have the mini band and you put this underneath your foot and you go right here, you can now do a lunge, right? And that same split squat where you have a weight, but maybe you don't have as heavy a weight, or now you're applying resistance where you're actually getting your glute more as you press up, because the band actually increases in tension as you go up. So by doing these different things and combining two different types of resistances, you can really make yourself be challenged to create that progression to grow muscle. The benefit too of doing this is you can actually emphasize the eccentric more. And that's been shown to really help with muscle hypertrophy or muscle growth. So if you're really trying to focus on building your strength, growing lean muscle so that you can look leaner, sometimes combining two types of resistances might be the way to go. So if you haven't ever experimented with this, maybe you plan this into your progression. Let me know how it goes. My focus this year is really on encouraging all of us to stay true to who and what we are. Haters are going to hate, no matter what. And if you try and please everyone, you're going to end up pleasing no one, especially not yourself. So as you're making changes in this new year, remember that there is going to be peer pressure. There's going to be people that don't understand the habit changes you're going to make. I've had clients that have even changed friend groups because their friends no longer align with what they want to accomplish. And they realized that in many ways, their friends were actually trying to sabotage them all along. It wasn't that their friends were evil, right? These people aren't bad, but sometimes we just change phases of our life. We're constantly evolving as a person and who we end up relating to, what we end up liking in our life is going to evolve. So if you're deciding to work towards specific goals and you're finding that you're getting peer pressure or you're getting hate from other people, A, realize where it's coming from and that it might be their own insecurities or own inability to change, but also recognize what really matters to you. If you go to that first party and there's pressure to drink, but you're really firm in that you don't want to consume alcohol right now, whether or not you're just testing out how that makes you feel in terms of your health or whether you're working towards a weight loss goal, stay firm in that. Don't be afraid to say, hey, this matters to me. I respect your goals, respect mine. Or if you want to be weird like me, you can just go, kiss your bicep, right? You can do a whole bunch of different things, but remember what matters to you. And maybe you're even looking at it as like, hey, I did come in not wanting to drink, but ultimately I do want to include this lifestyle balance. So maybe my results won't be as fast, but I want something more sustainable. So I am actually going to enjoy today because that will make it easier overall to stay consistent. So even realizing when, hey, I'm giving into the peer pressure, but I'm giving into it because I want to, not because I'm afraid of someone else's opinion of me. But just remember, as you're working towards these new goals, there are going to be people that are going to doubt or question what you're doing because it's different than what you've always done. But you have to remind yourself of why this relates back to your goal and why it's so important, and even why your goal matters enough to make these sacrifices that might feel uncomfortable in the minute. Haters are going to hate, stay true to you. Well, that's a wrap for the first episode of this new season. I'd love to hear what you think of this new sort of version of the Fitness Hacks podcast. Make sure to subscribe wherever you're listening and provide any tips or questions that you have. I'd love to cover new things in the further episodes this season.